and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Glad to be with you today. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. You can follow me all over social media, E.W. Erickson, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, E.W. Erickson. And now I have settled on the playlist for my Christmas show. So if you want some uh, Christmas songs, they're pretty much all religious. I don't think there's a single secular one. Well, no, there is one. Um, You can follow me on Apple Music or Spotify at E.W. Erickson, and you can get the Christmas show 2021 playlist. It is done. It is set. It takes me a while to figure out what songs, because every year I want to put in uh, songs that uh, are familiar in some way or the other and, and some that are brand new. And, man, there are some great ones in there that I had never heard that have come out of the last few years from small artists, small Christian groups that you've never heard of. But Manchester Orchestra has had a Christmas album, and it's fantastic. I love Manchester Orchestra. And they've got a fantastic Christmas album, so I had to throw in a couple of those. Now, uh, this is broken record time for me. Uh, If you have listened to this program, you know I have focused repeatedly on the crack-up of the Democratic coalition, particularly as it regards non-white voters. I was on News Nation last night. So there's a new news network. Uh, used to be, remember WGN, the Superstation, always ran the Cubs games. Uh, They have formed a news network called News Nation, and Leland Vittert, who was at Fox, is now the 7 p.m. show, and what sets News Nation apart is they are very news-oriented. It is not people yelling at each other. It's not the combative personality-driven shows. It is, here is the news, let's analyze the news, and I kind of like that format. And Leland is a friend, and, and he's asked me to be on a show a lot, and we were talking about what I mentioned to you yesterday, the Wall Street Journal polling about Hispanic voters. They're split 50-50 Uh, among Republicans and Democrats. And reality is it is 37% Democrat, 37% Republican, the rest undecided. It's a small poll. Uh, There's not a lot you could draw from it, except the trend lines are there. The trend lines uh, have for a while now existed to show that the Democrats do not have a lock on the Hispanic vote. Now, you got to go back to 2002. In, well, no, go back a little further, actually. Go back to 2000. Roy uh, Texera, he's a Democratic pollster and strategist, and he wrote a book in 2000 on America's forgotten majority, why the white working class still matters. And Democrats, for a while, really tried to hone in on that and tried to Uh, focus on the white working class. But by 2002, John Judas, who is a Democratic pollster, and Roy Texera, uh, they came out with a book called The Emerging Democratic Majority. Now, you need to step back even further. In 1972, Richard Nixon won his re-election bid. It all went to hell shortly thereafter. But Nixon won. The irony of Watergate and breaking in and stealing Democratic Party plans was that Nixon and his team, they didn't need to do that. 
they cruised to victory in 1972. But it was in 1972, before I was born, I had to research this in college. It was in 1972, the Washington Post, for the first time suggested, given demographic trend lines, the Republican Party's days were numbered. Given the demographic trend lines, the Republican Party's days were numbered, and and that became orthodoxy in the Democratic Party. White voters were slowly in decline. Black voters were rising. Immigrants were coming into this country, and they were building a large non-white coalition for the Democratic Party. And part of that coalition was the white working class as well. Now, in 1969, Kevin Phillips had written The Emerging Republican Majority on the rise of the conservative Republican movement and the realignment of the South. And Judas and Texera in 2002 came up with the Emerging Democratic Majority. And essentially what they argued is that as the United States becomes more diverse and those people lean to the left culturally, socially, economically, the Republicans are going to have a harder and harder time. It was a repackaging of the demographic arguments from the 1970s that now this coalition is real, it's palpable, it's known, and then you get into 2006 and the Republicans are just wiped out in Congress. Nancy Pelosi becomes Speaker. In 2008, Barack Obama becomes President, and it looks like Roy Texera and his theory is right, except... 2010 happens. Now, the argument, the Democratic argument, when you talk to Democrats, explain 2010, what they say is that uh, turnout was down. I remember being on CNN at the time, and, and they were just hiring David Frum, and he made this argument regularly. Well, turnout was down. They didn't have a big turnout. It's the midterm election. So, yeah, of course, the Republicans would do it because the Democratic coalition didn't turn out. They've already got the White House. And, you know, there was some truth to that, to be honest with you. But now we're seeing in midterms and in presidential elections, massive turnout. And it's not going the way the Democrats thought. It turns out demography is destiny only if you allow it. And it turns out, more importantly, and this is an irony that goes into Roy Texier's book there when he talks about ideas and the ideas that are pulling people to the left and to the Democrats. Actually, ideas matter a lot. And they matter in ways now that actually hurt the Democrats. So as Democrats come out, look, uh, down in Georgia where I am, David Perdue is challenging Brian Kemp, and he's making it all about stop the steal, saying he wouldn't have certified the election, uh, that if, if he were governor, the election would have never been certified. Now, of course, that's impractical because you can't challenge elections as long as the election isn't certified. And frankly, uh, he needs to learn the Georgia Constitution if he wants to be governor. He's got no discretion in the matter. He is required. He, he, he has no discretion. The governor certifies the election. There's no opt-out. He can't not certify it once the Secretary of State says it's done. But that's what he's saying. And so Stacey Abrams can run ads saying, well, David David Perdue is against democracy. David Perdue would undermine the will of the voters, yada, yada, yada. doesn't matter to some degree. He can run as a stop the steal candidate, get the nomination. And if Abrams is all critical theory, defund the police, give illegals the right to vote, he's still going to win. The data's there. 
And now Texera is looking at all of this data on Hispanic voters. Let me read you the title and subtitle. Here's the title, The Democrats' Hispanic Voter Problem. And now the subtitle. It's not as bad as you think. It's worse. Oof. The Democrats are steadily losing ground with Hispanic voters. The seriousness of this problem tends to be underestimated in Democratic circles for a couple of reasons. They don't realize how big the shift is, and they don't realize how thoroughly it undermines the most influential Democratic theory of the case for building their coalition. On the latter, consider that most Democrats like to believe that, since a relatively conservative white population is in sharp decline, while a presumably liberal non-white population keeps growing, the course of social and demographic change could deliver an ever-growing Democratic coalition. He doesn't want to say, really, that that's part of his theory. It is simply a matter of getting this burgeoning non-white population to the polls. But consider further that as the census documents, the biggest single driver of the increased non-white population is the growth of the Hispanic population. They are by far the largest group within the census-designated non-white population. Since their representation among voters considerably lags other representation of the overall population, it is fair to say that voting trends among this group will decisively shape voting trends among non-whites in the future since their share of voting will continue to increase while black voter share is expected to remain constant. It therefore follows that if Hispanic voting trends continue to move steadily against the Democrats, the pro-Democratic effort of non-white population growth will be blunted if not canceled out entirely, and that very influential Democratic theory of the case falls apart. His theory, this is Roy Texiera, the emerging Democratic majority, his theory. In the most recent Wall Street Journal poll, Hispanic voters were split. In a 2024 hypothetical between Trump and Biden, these voters favored Biden by only a single point. This is among a vote group that favored Biden over Trump by 26 points in 2020. In the same poll, Biden's net approval among Hispanics was down 12 points, 42 to 52, 50, 54% disapproval. The latest in a string of poor approval numbers by Hispanics. Hispanics in the poll favor Republicans in Congress over Democrats. A recent 538 analysis of aggregate poll data shows that while Biden has lost support among all racial groups in the last nine months, the decline is sharpest among Hispanics. In Texas, Biden's ratings among Hispanics are dreadful. Dallas Morning News poll has Biden's approval rating among Texas Hispanics at 35% approve, 54% disapprove, 19 points underwater. In a hotly contested 2021 Virginia gubernatorial election, the AP Nork vote cast survey more reliable than other exit polls, Democrat Terry McAuliffe lost the Latino vote and lost ground among black and Asian voters. In the 2020 election, Hispanics, after four years of Trump, gave him substantially more support than they did in 2016. According to Catalyst, in 2020, Latinos had an amazingly large 16-point margin shift towards Trump. Latino shifts toward Trump were widely dispersed geographically. Hispanic shifts toward Trump were not confined to Florida and Texas, but also Wisconsin, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Georgia. Pew-validated voter data indicate particularly poor performance for Biden among working-class, non-college-educated Hispanics, with these votes giving Trump a 41% share of the vote. 
You can even get this. Sit down for this one. Sit down. Sit down. Calm down and sit down. Fan yourselves. You're going to get heart palpitations with this. You can even see the pro-Trump Hispanic shift in New York City. An analysis by Matthew Thomas. This is a direct quote from the analysis. Precincts where at least 50% of residents are Hispanic swung toward Trump by 18 points, with a quarter of voters now backing him for re-election. The shift was even more pronounced in precincts with at least 75% of residents are Hispanic, which had a swing of 25 points toward Trump. Out of all the ethnic enclaves in Queens, Hispanic areas showed the largest movement away from the Democrats in 2020, a result consistent with national patterns. And now, Texera's 10th point. It is hard to avoid the conclusion that Democrats have seriously erred by lumping Hispanics in with people of color and assuming they embraced the activism around racial issues that dominated so much of the political scene in 2020, particularly in the summer. That was a flawed assumption. The reality of the Hispanic population is that they are, broadly speaking, an overwhelmingly working class, economically progressive, socially moderate constituency that cares above all about jobs, the economy, and health care. Latino voters evince little sympathy with Black Lives Matters. Hispanics, by a three-to-one margin, said they would rather be a citizen of the United States than any other country, and by 35 points said they were proud of the way American democracy works. I've been telling people this for years. Stop treating Hispanic voters like a demographic group. The longer Hispanic voter stays in this country, they identify as white and conservative. Texera says that they're socially moderate. That's not true. They're pretty conservative on abortion, on gay marriage, on transgenderism, on all the social issues of the day. They're pretty conservative on law and order. They want law. They want order. They don't want socialism, that most of their families have immigrated away from socialist countries. And the Democrats bought into the idea that demography is destiny, and all the non-white voters are exactly the same. And it turns out, you know what? If you're Hispanic, if you're Latino, you're Cuban, you're Puerto Rican, you're Nicaraguan, you're Guatemalan, you're Honduran, you're Ecuadorian, you're Mexican, you're Argentinian, you're Chilean, you're Peruvian, you're Colombian, you name it. And they don't all see eye to eye. They come from different backgrounds and stories. But, 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 there's something just as important to add here. Remember all of the white people in the media outraged about Donald Trump on the escalators in 2015, talking about the rapists coming from Mexico and we got to protect our borders and our kids. Turns out a lot of the Hispanic voters agreed with him. It was the rich white liberals on their fainting couches on CNN and MSNBC that didn't and the Hispanic voters that did. These people in their bubble, the white anchors of the news networks are sheltered in enclaves filled with other progressives. Meanwhile, the Hispanic voters are out there dodging bullets from the MS-13 gang and trying to find a job in the country. And they've got to compete against people who think boys can become girls. They're kind of pissed at the state of the Democratic Party right now. That's why they're going to the GOP. The GOP, for all of its faults, doesn't come across as crazy. You are struggling right now. Well, you should be because I am. What am I going to get people for Christmas that I love? What am I going to get myself? 
Well, there are lots of things you can do. And one of the things you can do is considering how much time we sleep and stay in our beds, consider gifting Bull and Branch. My gosh, their sheets are comfortable. My wife was so excited when I told her that Bull and Branch was going to be an advertiser because she's been hearing about their sheets and she wanted some and we bought some and then they sent us some. And gosh, she knew she was getting that second pair and she loves them. We have Bull and Branch on most of the beds in our house now. And all the time people ask us when they stay at our house, what exactly it is? Where do we get our sheets? Because you can feel the difference. They are very soft. You know, they've got a good snug feel to them, but they're also very soft. You can tell they've got a high thread count. I really, really do like these things. They are very soft. They've got organic cotton weave. They feel incredible all season long, every season, from twin-sized beds to California kings. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard embedding from Bowling Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging. If you order by December 19th, you get guaranteed delivery for Christmas. Best deals of the year are going now from December 6th to December 8th with promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bull, B-O-L-L, and Branch. Com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions may apply. You're going to want Bull and Branch. Yes, you are. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are in the nation, if you're in charge of the finances of business and need to grow your business, reach out to First Liberty. They can help you a lot of times where banks are saying no. We're talking big deals, six figures and up. The website, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. I, I will. I want to get back to the demographic data here, but I, I got just a short segment and, and trivia question for you. What is the only part of the world where the weekend is not Saturday and Sunday? What is the only part of the world where the weekend is not Saturday and Sunday? The Middle East, where I grew up. The weekend is Friday and Saturday because the Sabbath is Friday. For Muslims, Saturday for Jews, Sunday for Christians. And so if you go to Saudi Arabia or Iran or Bahrain or Qatar or Yemen, Oman, the United Arab Emirates or Egypt, your weekend is Friday and Saturday. In fact, when we moved back to this country the first couple of weeks, we kept missing school on Friday. We thought America is great. You get a three-day weekend in the United States. And then the school called want to know why we kept missing on Fridays. Yeah. Yeah, we would go to school in Dubai Sunday to Thursday. Well, Dubai and the United Arab Emirates has issued an edict by the king there that they're going to start having their weekend on Saturday and Sunday, even though the Sabbath is on Friday. So they will actually have a two and a half day weekend. They will get out. Uh, they will start shutting businesses by 1.30 on Friday in time for prayers and religious services into the afternoon. Now, now, why are they doing it? This is an interesting perspective on the UAE. 90% of the residents in the country are not citizens. They're foreigners. 90% of the 10 million people who live in the United Arab Emirates are not natives. They're from the West or the East where the weekend is Saturday and Sunday. And so to help diversify talent and help align themselves to banking and finance around the world, they're moving to Saturday, Sunday. Saudi Arabia not doing this, which is going to cause some problems for the oil industry. There will be some disruption there. 
Um, but this is actually a major thing that's sailing under the radar. Uh, listener Chris actually emailed me the story. I had missed it. And then I told my sister, and she, of course, knew, which just makes me mad when my sister knows something like this before I do. But nonetheless, um, you know, they, they used to do the big Friday brunch in Dubai. It was all the rage. If you were an American, there were liquor stores that you go into with an American passport. Uh, they There still are, and, and Friday brunch is a big deal. Now they're going to be like all the snobs in New York and have Saturday brunch, and all the hipsters are going to go to Saturday brunch now instead of Friday. It's kind of neat. When we come back, we got to do a little more of the demographic deep dive of what's happening with the issues and the lack of politicians unable to relate to you out there outside Washington and New York. For several years when I practiced law, I volunteered for the Alliance Defending Freedom to be an on-call lawyer forum. It's one of the few legal nonprofits in the country that really racks up wins, both state courts and federal courts for conservatives and Christians. People have a Christian conservative worldview. Since leaving my law practice, I volunteered in the past to speak at ADF events. I've been to their training sessions where they teach lawyers and pundits how to talk plainly about complex legal issues and understand the state of play on cases around the country from local city councils all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now I'm glad to have ADF as an advertiser, but honestly, I'd be encouraging you to support them this time of year anyway. The Alliance Defending Freedom takes donations from you and uses them to help those who can't afford lawyers hire the very best lawyers to fight for freedom from the Supreme Court of the land all the way down to the local level. Right now, ADF has received a matching grant, so all new donors will have their gifts matched. All you have to do is go to adflegal.org slash Erickson today and donate. adflegal.org slash Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973. 7425 if you would like to be on this year program glad to have you uh charlie boss hog and roscoe are both listening right now if you if you know you know <laughs> okay i gotta i gotta talk a little more about this relatability thing because it, it's becoming a sore subject for me well i shouldn't say sore subject can I just let you all in on something? I, I I need you to just hear me. Just follow along with me here. What is your number one biggest issue in politics? What is it? What is your big public policy issue? Is it, is it abortion? Is it guns? Is it racial reconciliation? Is it health care? Is it education? What's your big issue? No, I don't need you to call in. You can just yell it out wherever you are. My apologies to your coworkers. What's your big issue? Now, let me clue you in on a dirty little secret. Voters don't care. Voters don't care. Guns, life issues, those are two of my big issues. Voters, they don't care. You know what voters care about? If your big issues are jobs and not getting mugged, 
Voters really care about that. Voters care about the basics combined. Voters care about the basics. When there are wars, voters care about, will my kid be called up to go die on a battlefield? When there are no wars, they care about, will my kid get a job? Will I get a job? Will I have a job? Will I be able to make it to retirement? Will my 401k be okay? Will my IRA be okay? Will my pension plan be fine? Will I be safe? Will people break into my home? Will I get mugged? Will I get carjacked? When I go to the mall, will I get accidentally shot in a drive-by shooting at Linux? For those of you who know, you know. People care about the basics. They don't give a darn about your critical theory, intersectional, transgender, lesbian education platform. They, they, they really don't. They don't care about your pro-life, pro-gun, pro-America platform. They don't. Now, I know, given the way campaigns run, you think they care because all of politics is designed to make you think people care. People don't. People do not care. You know what they care about? What am I going to have for supper tonight? Why is he calling it supper? It's dinner. What am I going to have for lunch? What's in the bank account? When's my paycheck come? Oh, my gosh, a gallon of milk. Have you seen the price of it? I got to go to the grocery store. Can I drive? I can't afford the gas. People care about that stuff. Erickson, how do you know? Well, I ran campaigns for a very long time, quite successfully. Not only that, I know how to read the data. I know how to read the exit polls. And I talk to people, and this is the problem. Many of you are wondering, why, why, why is he wasting his time here? We all know this. You know it. The politicians don't, apparently nor do the political classes that run the elite institutions of the country and set up the editorial policies of most of the newsrooms. They really do think that these, these big single issues matter. The hand-wringing over abortion in the Supreme Court in the Dobbs arguments, the news media really think it matters. As I mentioned Hillary Clinton lost in 2016 when the Supreme Court's political leanings, partisan leanings, ideological leanings were literally in the balance. A 4-4 split, Anthony Kennedy, uh, Scalia is dead, Anthony Scalia's seat dead, or he, he's, his seat needs to be filled it, and Donald Trump won and filled it with Neil Gorsuch. Voters care about the day-to-day -day issues. And more and more, voters care about the parties and how they're controlled. And this is a problem for the Democrats right now, not the Republicans. Republicans have problems oftentimes with this, but right now it's the Democrats. And the problem is so much of the media is obsessed with one topic voters really don't care about. A topic voters care less about than abortion or guns or critical theory. But the media is so convinced voters care about it. And I got to tell you, voters right now are worried about their job and economy. Now, there's great news for Joe Biden today. Economic news, there is some good news. Weekly jobless claims have fallen to 184,000, the lowest level in more than 52 years. We haven't seen this few jobless claims filed in a week since September 6th, 1969. Continuing claims, which run a week behind, 
increased 38,000 to just shy of 2 million. That underlying number there is problematic. What this means is that fewer people have been laid off and in search of work in the last week than at any time since 1969. The problem is there are still a lot of people out there who are looking for jobs. But even that number, at least it's trended in the right direction. The number of people who are still out there collecting unemployment. People care about jobs. And you know what? Moms and dads care about their kids' education greatly. And in the suburbs in particular, they deeply, truly care whether their kid is going to get indoctrinated or educated. They care about that. That's why parents are showing up at school boards around the country. But the media is obsessed with one topic. Trump. The media is obsessed with Trump. The media is convinced that Donald Trump wants to foist upon us an anti-democratic regime that steals the election. And by the way, given the number of people who believe the lie that the election was stolen, given the number of people out there who are very adamant uh, that we need to put people in place who won't certify elections unless it goes their way, there's some concern there, but it's not the concern voters care about. There's a website I use called Memorandum, and it aggregates all of the major news stories out there, the stuff that more people are talking about than anything else in the news it aggregates. Let me read you headlines there. New York Attorney General seeks Trump's deposition as part of civil fraud investigation. That's from the Washington Post, New York Times, New York AG to subpoena Trump. Axios, inside Trump's hunt for disloyal Republicans. Reuters, Georgia Republicans purge black Democrats from county board of elections. Washington Post, David Perdue confesses he would have aided the coup. The Hill, Graham warns GOPs about Trump's wrath. CNN, McConnell-McCarthy divide grows as Trump aims to keep his grip. Huffington Post, Tucker Carlson's January 6th agent provocateur is a big Tucker fan and an amateur Cardinals mascot. U.S. Capitol Police. Oh, whoa, it looks like a staffer was caught with a gun. Interesting. You get down further and further, though, more and more about Trump. All about Trump. Constantly about Trump. And January 6th and Trump and Mike Lindell and Trump and, and Steve Bannon and Trump and Trump and Trump and Trump and Trump. They're concerned about Trump. You know what? In Virginia, they made it about Trump and the Democrats lost. Why? Because voters, they're worried right now about the economy. Inflation is at a 40-year high. People are struggling to make ends meet. Their kids are coming home from school, and the white kids are being told they're oppressors, and the black kids are being told that they will always be oppressed. And now you got math is becoming racist. You know math, math. You know, two plus two equals four is apparently racist now. This is the latest turn in schools around the country. USA Today has this whole thing on this about schools embracing progressive mathematics. What is progressive mathematics? Well, it takes into account children of color and girls and low-income students. 
and math is supposed to be inclusive. How are numbers inclusive or exclusive? Parents are concerned about that. Michelle Goldberg is a progressive writer of the New York Times. She's one of those writers who is obsessed with Donald Trump and the insurrectionists. She hates them. And she's outraged because it turns out uh, that her kid's school is requiring students to eat lunch outside in the cold where it is snowing in New York or sit on the floor, not at tables. Why? For COVID. This is her tweet. Most days they sit on the ground to eat outside, but parents were recently asked if their kids had permission to eat inside when it's too cold. My kids are double vaxxed. I said yes. In addition to not being allowed to sit at tables, they're not allowed to talk to each other. This is happening in schools in New York City. They're sitting on the floor to eat. This is a reply to her tweet. Found out my vac son has to eat outside three days a week. They aren't allowed to bring their jackets. It was 37 degrees today. If they don't get a seat, they sit in the dirt. This is happening. Progressives in charge of education. This is what parents are caring about. They don't care about the Dobbs decision of the Supreme Court. They really don't care less. They, they, they couldn't care less about abortion. They don't know anyone who had an abortion. They don't care about your guns and whether you can carry them openly or concealed. The only thing they care about is can they get one to protect themselves because the police can't show up anymore because there aren't any. They don't care about your pet issue. They don't. The voters care about jobs and education, their 401k, and will they get mugged? And the party that understands this is the party that's going to win. That's the truth of the matter. And the Democrats, as they've been hijacked by progressives, are absolutely ideologically predisposed to ignore all of those things and think those things are part of white supremacy. But there's a problem for the GOP as well. As the GOP gets hijacked by an anger group of people who want to relitigate 2020, they're not talking about the future. They're not talking about ideas. They're not talking about the pocketbook issues people care about. People do not care that you think the election was stolen. They really do not care that you think the election was stolen. They don't. They probably didn't even vote for him. They probably set that race out. A whole lot of them did. If they voted for him, they only voted for him because they didn't like the other guy. You know what they care about? Their 401k. Look at the stock market. It's doing pretty well. But look at inflation. The stock market growth is being offset by inflation. Look at their kids in schools. That's what they care about. Who cares what you think about 2020? It's not 2020 anymore. It's 2021. In a couple of weeks, it'll be 2022. The sooner everybody gets that in their brain, the better off everybody will be. And you know who's getting in their brain quicker? The Republicans. That gives you why the polling forecasts are so bad for the Democrats. The Democrats are stuck on stupid. I'm just trying to be helpful here. It's in the data. I know how to read the data. But people have gotten so emotional People care passionately about their issue and no other issue. Your average voter doesn't care about your issue. Voters are stupid, but they know when they're being played by a bunch of arrogant people in politics who have focus grouped a line that has no bearing on their life. They understand this. Intuitively, they understand it. And right now, here's what they understand. The Republican Party may have problems. 
The Republican Party may be stuck on 2020 and relitigating it, but the Republican Party is not forcing their kids to divide between oppressors and oppressed, and the Republican Party is not responsible for inflation, and the Republican Party is not responsible for the crime wave, and the Republican Party was never out there condoning the people marching through the streets, burning down small businesses. And as long as the Democrats are tied to that, they're not going to be competitive. That's just the data. The data is not mean. The data is not partisan. The data is truth. There's a lot of truth there. The question is whether or not people are big enough and mature enough to accept the truth of what the data shows. Now, let me tell you some more data. You can save money by using Patriot Mobile. You can get great discounts from them. Not only that, if you're conservative, you can help the conservative movement by going to Patriot Mobile. They contribute a portion of their profits to the conservative movement. So you do business with them, and then they give a portion of their profits to all the causes you care about. The pro-life cause, the Second Amendment cause, veterans, first responders, you name it. They fund the conservative movement, and they've got great coverage. In fact, you can go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, and you can see their coverage maps. They've got coverage all over the country. They use the towers that Verizon and AT&T use, so you get great coverage, 5G, data, voice, you name it. They use all of those towers, and they have 100% U.S.-based customer service, so you're never calling Mumbai. You may be calling, I don't know, Bogalusa, but you're not calling abroad. You may have a Cajun, and they're harder to understand sometimes than people abroad, but nonetheless, it's 100% U.S.-based customer service, and they're good people, good values. They share your values. They're Christians. They're conservatives. You can use them, get free activation with my name, patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or call them 972-PATRIOT. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Be patient with me. I will get to your phone calls here in a moment. I got to say something, though. Um, Oh. Josh Duggar, you know the name Josh Duggar. He has been found guilty of possession of child pornography. Um, A buddy of mine sent me some of the details. He was found guilty on both counts, downloaded a vile video of a three-month-old being tortured and sexually assaulted, say federal forensics investigators. Um Apparently, it is one of the worst child porn videos known to exist out there, and he downloaded it. I have actually met him a couple of times. He worked for a conservative group in Washington and was at a couple of events I was at. Um, Yeah, I never suspected anything. And then these stories kept coming out. And I got to tell you, one of the things that I hate, and I realize that we live in a fallen world, but I really hate how institutionally both sides left and right sometimes go into CYA mode that involves protecting bad people because they're afraid of the damage done to their reputation. They, they got to find a way out. And I think there was some play in this and it, he moved through conservative circles. Um, you know, a hat tip to the Family Research Council and Tony uh, Perkins. They've been maligned because Josh had worked for them. I don't know all the details, but it seemed like they they showed him the door, recognized that there was something not right. They certainly didn't know the extent of it. But then others moved in and wanted to 
circle and prop up and protect. Uh, this, this happens on both sides. The left likes to play it up when it's a conservative downfall, but it happens on their side as well. Uh, I just sometimes think that people are so much more interested in protection of reputation than doing the right thing. And sometimes you need to do the right thing, and that's the best way to preserve your reputation. And good. Uh, it is good that he is going to prison. And I hope that the people he came into contact with, whom he harmed, can find some closure and relief and comfort, including apparently some members of his family. Um, I'm just, it's, it's an awful situation. But, you know, it's a good thing it happened in Arkansas because if it was in Georgia, he could be out on the street in several years. We got that guy roaming the street here in Georgia who was sentenced to a thousand years in prison and the Board of Pardon and Paroles let him out after just seven years. And the Republicans in the state of Georgia have done absolutely nothing to figure out why that happened or what they can do to fix it. They've just let it slide. So at least Josh Duggar was prosecuted somewhere other than Georgia where they actually will take it seriously. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business, First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan, say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com.